This episode of Leverage Radio is sponsored by Mike Morell's instructional series called Triangle Territory. It's available only on the tiger.io. Use promo code leverage for 45% off on this product. Get it now while the offer lasts. Welcome back to Leverage Radio. Today I have a, as my guest on the show, Professor Arun Sharma, India's first and only Jiu-Jitsu black belt. So you are a black belt uh, under Professor Rodrigo Texera. You're certified in BJJ, Jeet Kune Do, Filipino Kali, PFS, Shaolin Kung Fu, and with over 14 years of training experience. Arun, welcome to the show. Long overdue. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Mohit. First of all, thanks for having me. And uh, congratulations to everyone who has started teaching Jiu-Jitsu again and the students who are back on the mats after a long time of lockdown. Um, wishing you each and everyone a very safe training moving ahead and happy to see everyone back on the mats. So what about you? How, um, how are you doing personally? How has the lockdown affected you apart from training and stuff like at home, mentally, anything? Uh, so all good so far, Mohit. I'm trying to keep myself busy um, with teaching the instructors and uh, working with creating more volunteers. Actually, we are moving ahead towards a project uh, which we have been working on since 2011. Uh, the okay. name of the project is the Damni project. So under this project, we travel around to different areas within India, mm-hmm. especially different slums or um, government schools. Mm-hmm. And we teach Jiu-Jitsu for free to kids and women. So oh, during this great. time, I was trying to spend more time with the instructors as much as possible online to avoid any risk right. of COVID. Uh, but we were trying to develop that mindset that as soon as the lockdown uplifts, we we can go to different places and then start teaching Jiu-Jitsu while yeah. keeping the distance. But just make because people will be uh, going through a lot of stress and the number of uh, attacks, also the incident uh, at home, sexual assaults, physical assaults, number of cases increased. In US as well and India as well. So we were uh, really looking forward to spending a lot of time understanding the mechanics of teaching in these areas and creating more volunteers. So that's how we spend most of, most of our time. And, and also how... recording a few videos, right. recording some techniques and just the regular stuff. Otherwise, it was good. And how what? is the plan <laughs> to uh, reach out? Like how are you doing your targeting? How are you like? How do you decide where to go first and stuff like that? So just uh, so, uh, since whenever I'm traveling in India and teaching workshops, I'm always looking for uh, like for for example, if I'm teaching a corporate unit, a corporate firm, uh, they have tie up with few different NGOs close by. Mm-hmm. Similar to when I'm spending a lot of time with different army units, they also mm-hmm. have tie up with different NGOs nearby. Mm-hmm. So I try to use them as a reference and then find out these links. Mm-hmm. That's what personally I do. But now with the volunteers, what we are trying to do, we are trying to reach out to different NGOs. Mm-hmm. And uh, just just tell them about what we are trying to do, and if they want to send volunteers or uh, kids or women to academy for training, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's one option. Otherwise, we can send our volunteers. That's the second option, and the third one is the workshop over the Zoom. Right, online workshop. as well. Yeah. Yes, online workshop, which is pretty effective, uh, because seventy-five percent of the self defense is very theoretical, very mindset oriented, and twenty-five percent is the physical technique. So we can always right. do the seventy-five percent of training online. 
Yeah, like a lot of it is also, you know, to do with presence of mind. Like I see people who are untrained, uninitiated. Um, you know, you're just walking down the road and you're like absentmindedly looking mm-hmm. down, looking up, looking here and there. But you're right. not actually minding the cues around you. Um, exactly. And exactly. stuff like that, I think, can be quite beneficial to, you know, people who are completely uninitiated. So that's a really cool project you have going. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. And since 2011, huh, you've been working on this. Oh, yes. Actually, we started just before the Damni rape incident, which happened in 2012. At that time, the name of the project, technically, we didn't have any name. We were just traveling around. And actually, the first workshop we did was in Gurgaon in 2011. Right. Uh, it, it was in a community center. Uh, so we did a workshop there and the feedback was great. We had around 110 participants in that workshop. Um, so after that, we kept on doing this. And since 2012, one of my instructor, uh, my teacher who is in US, California, Sifu Harindra Singh Sabarwal, he actually uh, kept the name for the project, the Damni project. Mm-hmm. And currently it's active in 11 countries. I'm trying to spread the project in India, but currently it's in Sri Lanka, also in US and various different countries. Oh man, uh, let me know how we can also help to support such an endeavor. We'd be happy to, I sure, would personally man. be happy to uh, at least share Definitely, and do, do what more, I can. Sure, man. The more soldiers we can have on the project, <laughs> the more places we can reach out, the more people we can empower. And uh, that's the reason I do Jiu-Jitsu and that's why I teach it as well. Uh, that's the main priority for my teaching martial arts. Nice. And coming to... The gym, how is that going? Have you guys reopened? How many members do you have at the moment? Right. Uh, so, yes, we reopened on 15th of September as soon as the Delhi government allowed. I think in Gurgaon and in Noida, they allowed a little bit earlier than that. Maybe two, three weeks earlier than that. So, right. we, yeah, so we opened up from 15th of September. Students are coming back gradually because uh, gyms are the last thing they have opened up in Delhi pretty much. Uh-huh. So, people are still getting used to and overcoming that fear they have earlier they have the same fear for going to a mall or going to a market as well yeah so people are learning how to deal with covid and how to actually live with it for now for the time being until we have a vaccine so people are getting back we i think before lockdown we had around 300 uh, total students and uh, after lockdown i think 50 to 60 students are back in last 15 days okay and then hopefully we have uh, we think our projection is that in next three to four months, we will have people back on mat. We'll not be able to fit in those many students right now. Yeah. Uh, we are making like boxes in the academy and being very careful that we are keeping enough space in between. We are letting people roll, but with only one training partner as of now. So they are not allowed to switch partner after each role to avoid the overall contact. Okay. So that's what we are uh, we are trying to do as of now. Right, right. Uh, we spoke to... Uh, Carlos Almeida uh, recently and even they are doing something similar where he said that uh, there's four of them who are training and they are getting tested every two weeks all four of them right right and then if one of them tests positive all four disband training so the training is only limited to four people yes yes that would be another way I suppose to go about doing that Right, right. I think everyone is trying to figure out a very intelligent way to deal with this. And uh, not only that, students have to understand that for gym owners or for the instructors, as as much as they want to roll with you or they want you to roll with each other, <laughs> they have to be really careful. Yeah. Uh, uh, because you cannot be selfish in these times and just think about yourself. 
has a in jiu-jitsu that's a common mindset that you always have to take care of your training partner so now that kind of mindset applies much more because now mm. when you go to the academy you are taking care of each and every one out there because now you can hurt everyone at once or really it was like you might hurt your training partner but now if you are not well and if you are showing up for the classes or vice versa you can uh, pretty much hurt everyone and this covid thing is not something which is temporary this once it comes into you it stays like yeah. as per what i am hearing from people yeah hena gracie something happened uh, similar to this where he tested negative 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 then one positive and then very next day again negative yes so he wasn't allowed yes. to go for his fighters uh, yeah definitely man i even heard the interview from hojal gracie and he actually i think was the on the initial stages he uh, stages he got positive with covid hojal and in his interview he's saying man it's the worst thing that can happen to you it's mm-hmm. not that you get it bad yeah yeah it's not as simple as it looks like that because it can stay inside you yeah yeah that's true and uh, so what's a day of classes like at bjj india so we are teaching four classes in the morning four in the evening mohit and okay. uh, we have not started teaching kids yet we are only getting uh, people who like kids who are 10 above mm. anyone who is under 10 year old uh, 10 10 of age we are not letting them come in because it becomes difficult to keep them within the box <laughs> they usually run around <laughs> so we are trying to uh, anyone who is 10 and above is yeah. uh, they can come and they can train but anyone below than 10 is not uh, allowed for come to, to come and even in the guidelines which delhi government has it's not uh, allowed to for us to teach anyone who is under 10 so that's what we are doing for okay. now and we have a bunch of classes we are working a lot nowadays on body mechanics because okay. actually what happens that when you get into a regular jiu jitsu class mm-hmm. all of your attention is towards what the instructor is trying to show you mm-hmm. and then after that the sparring part so right. people are not paying a lot of attention of their own body mechanics or the posture or the self awareness so we are trying to create that and i think once the vaccine comes people uh, will have this attribute developed into themselves where they are really more aware about themselves placing their legs feet knees so does this does this involve a lot of solo drilling i'm assuming uh it does and then it also uh, requires a lot of visualization so okay. i i'm a nlp practitioner as well uh, which is neuro linguistic programming and it's nice. almost like a psychology right. so i use that within my jiu jitsu okay. so we are using those aspects of jiu jitsu that you can visualize you can do mental rehearsals while you're uh, practicing especially when you're meditating and uh, because the body doesn't know the difference between the real training and the visualization so if you can close your eyes if you can do the visualization as per a research you get the same impact of course not physically your muscles will not be working at the, the muscle same muscle memory won't be there but the neurons will be yes. at least in the head will be firing for what it, you want right actually the muscle memory is there the muscle memory develops but but the way the muscle triggers and the okay. speed is not there because you're not doing the entire motions but within your mind while you're visualizing you're doing these short motions so you're mm-hmm. technically sending those signals to your muscles so it's not just here uh, for example if you're going for an armbar if you close your eyes and you imagine you're going for an armbar and you use all the small muscles and just move your body in a way that you are going for an armbar so technically you're developing the muscle memory but of course you will not be able to develop the speed and the physical speed and the conditioning for that and the so, timing most of all will be yes, lacking yes, the there the timing definitely yeah. the t- timing is one thing which uh, uh since like many years people are learning jiu-jitsu from online even i really uh, got a lot of help from online because when i started there were no jiu-jitsu instructors around and uh, one of uh, very well known jiu-jitsu practitioner professor roy dean 
he is very he has very cool videos on youtube so he actually on my birthday he sent the entire box of his dvds and since then he's trying to help me out to learn jiu-jitsu with like virtually as mm. much as we can so whenever we are learning jiu-jitsu virtually the we don't get to develop the sensitivity of the skin yeah. we don't get to develop understand the pressure of different yeah. techniques yeah. and we don't understand the timing so these three elements are missing but everything else you can pretty much learn uh, through virtual training as right well. right 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 so when did you start with uh, martial arts as a whole right so uh, movie i started at the age of 12 and this was not something by choice this was by the circumstances so when i was 12 i used to go for my tuition like for my coaching just the house next door to me as one and does. Uh, yeah and then uh, two of my friends one was in the same class as i was and his elder brother that that was their home so their cousin elder cousin came in and due to some business conflict between their fathers he killed both of them with a knife and i was there right there uh, the guy killed both of them one the smaller one got beheaded almost like on the neck and the other one got stabbed in the stomach so i still remember that incident and i sat down there the other guy also sat down on the same spot he didn't run away after doing this then the police came afterwards arrested this guy he is still in the tihar jail and this was a pretty big news on uh, news channels also at that time so i really got shocked after this after seeing after losing my friends and seeing that incident in front of me seeing the other guy running around holding it's very bad it's like even if i picture it trauma um, i get yes so i got through that uh, and i i grew up in a rough neighborhood where we where people used to get into fights and all that was so, this in delhi it's in delhi only but it's a part of delhi it's uh, in, from the west delhi so i know where it is i by a family in west delhi we work in west delhi you work in west delhi so it's around tilaknagar area and i know where tilaknagar is very well yeah so uh, at that time when i where, where i was going for my tuition this area was uh, a lot of people were there from which were from labor caste or from mayapuri yeah. and these guys were really aggressive so it's <laughs> for someone like me uh my entire family has a very uh, they all are government officers so some of them are in defense ministry some of them are in the external affairs so it's stuff like that so we i, I was never able like used to this kind of behavior and this kind of culture mm. so i really got traumatized after that incident and that's what actually pushed me into learning martial arts because i whenever even i i can remember for 5 days i was not able to eat properly also because of those images were in course. front of me so i started learning martial arts like that and initially my only goal was to learn how to defend against knife so i didn't care about what martial arts i, I never had an idea about what martial arts are or what right. different styles of right, martial right, arts right. there are so i i joined a regular karate class which used to happen in our school once a week some mr thapa was there i'm not sure about his full name so <laughs> sorry for that there's a lot of so, mr thapas teaching yes, karate it's so <laughs> yeah so mr thapa was there and i started learning but i pretty much like within 3 4 to 4 months i realized that this is not something which will help me out because they were all teaching kathas and once when i asked him that when will you teach knife and all that so he pretty much like disagreed to it that there is no knife in karate and all you learn is empty hands because karate stands for that no fighting mm. without arms that's how it was created originally so yeah. i i gave up the idea of running karate and then i started looking for someone who can teach me knife okay so pretty much even now at this time if you start finding someone who can teach you knife you will not find a teacher easily you can maybe nowadays you can find someone who can teach you krav maga and they can teach you how to defend against a knife by teaching you couple of techniques but you not 
find a teacher who can actually teach you how to use a knife or how to really like in, get into knife fighting and learn the mechanics of knife like like we do in jiu-jitsu right so we spend a lot of time on developing the ground fighting so i got introduced to filipino kali at that time now filipino kali is an art which entirely focuses on weaponry training mm-hmm. uh, they start with sticks because in philippines when the spanish they invaded them so they took away, away all their blades and all their weapons so they used to train with music and using the sticks from the trees so these guys these guys don't get the idea that they are actually training so it's similar to the capoeira story then yes definitely so very similar to that and these uh, because philippines is still the army uh, so i trained in philippines and some of my friends are marines there so they are known for guerrilla warfare so they, what they started doing they started creating their own blades so in philippines it's a culture like blacksmith and blade makers are very common so they started creating their own blades and they started hiding on the trees so from there they started slowly slowly getting their winning the territory back right so i got introduced to that art but unfortunately at that time there were no instructor as well within that art so i started learning basics of judo basics of boxing with couple of my friends from school only right. uh, because some of my friends in the school along with learning karate they used to learn other martial arts also outside the school around really, when when was this would you say uh, uh this so i am this might be around 2000 Uh, let me calculate around 2004 okay this might be around 2004 because i am 31 right now and uh, so yeah, yeah i'm i am 31 too <laughs> cool <laughs> man no uh, problem we have a lot of time left <laughs> what are you talking about you got a black yeah, belt running around <laughs> anyway, no no uh, man please, black please. belt trust me man when you get your black belt it's nothing special it's like another just you'll just start again it's a re- restart button someone press the restart button and then you're like oh i always thought so that i've heard this yeah, yeah so i've heard it's just keep going um, but we will come to that but uh, please carry on with the um, so you and uh, a couple of friends in 2004 yes, yes. learned I a bunch of different learning, martial arts right but so then after that i i actually uh, watched the documentary on national geographic and i think it was 2005 or 6 the uh, shaolin monks the myths of shaolin kung fu and in that i saw these monks using a lot of big swords and all that cool weapons so i thought okay this is it like this is the art which i was looking at and this is something in which they were teaching spears they were teaching like broad swords chains whipping lot of weapons right, and it right, looked very right. cool right. so i got interested in that and then i started finding a teacher so i found a guy in uh, near delhi and he was teaching kung fu so i, I went there i started learning uh, there what is his name uh, his name is kanishka he teaches in noida I think I've seen his videos he's actually quite right. uh, good with right, the right. weapons yeah. yes yes so I went there and I actually trained only for 9 months at that particular place uh because again being the same reason that I was not able to uh, it, these guys whoever I was beating by the time they were teaching a lot of techniques mm-hmm. but I was not able to overcome the fear because I needed someone who can psychological uh, psychologically yeah, yeah. work with me so whenever I was learning techniques I used to be very happy for like 3 days and then i used to start doubting myself doubting the techniques uh, especially because of the lack of sparring because mm. in most of the traditional style of martial arts you get to spar maybe after 6 months that only once a month or something like that yeah. uh, because of the lack of sparring the confidence i was not able to develop that confidence yeah. so i spent 9 months there but during this time when i was there i met few guys who were traveling to learn kung fu from different countries So right. I met a guy from Germany. I met a guy from uh, from Philippines, and that's when I actually in, uh, got introduced to jiu-jitsu. The guy who came from Germany, he was a white belt though, but he used to do jiu-jitsu. Okay. And uh, 
when we were chilling around in the evening we laid down some mats and he actually showed me jiu jitsu Mm. uh he did a sparring with me and this was the first time i was actually sparring with someone in any martial arts so right. before that there was no sparring whatsoever i used to do sparring with my friends some basic boxing basic judo and stuff like that but official kind of sparring like we do in jitsu we put a timer on and then we it's like it's official right yeah. it's not yeah. fooling around no. so that guy uh, we i got smashed of course more <laughs> with that guy though he was a white belt but yeah, he was a tough guy so that actually instead of helping me that put me in under more fear <laughs> so that overall sparring and getting smashed from him everything and then i felt at that day how weak i am and uh, i used to get bullied also in school so you can see uh, you guys can see i'm not physically gifted so i'm not a strong guy yeah uh, likewise <laughs> yeah man <laughs> so that chain continued since 12 that thing happened and happened again but at the age of 17 I started founding the right path. So I found one of my instructor who is currently in California, Sipo Harinder Singh Harinder Singh Sabarwal, and he's the instructor for U.S. Navy SEALs and U.S. Marines. Okay. So he actually started initiating me into Jeet Kune Do and Filipino Kali. Hmm. Uh, now he's pretty like very famous guy. He works with different authors. He's a motivational speaker right now in California, very known. And he was a student of Guru Dan Inocento. Okay. Now let me give you a quick introduction about Guru Danin Santo. He doesn't need any introduction though. But Guru Danin Santo is was a training partner of uh, Bruce Lee. If you have seen that movie Game of Death, so the guy with the red nunchucks, that's Guru Danin Santo. Okay. And uh, Bruce Lee is in the yellow attire with the yellow nunchucks. Right. So he used to be training partner of Bruce Lee, and he was the one who taught Bruce Lee the nunchucks and the Filipino martial arts because the guy, the Danin Santo, is a Filipino martial artist. Right. He's a Filipino only. So. Uh, and guru dan inocento started learning jiu jitsu at, at the age of 73 under machados and now i think he's second or third degree black belt mm-hmm. so he started at 73 so that's what inspired me also to now uh, get deeper into jiu jitsu and start learning it along with jiu jitsu kan so right. through learning filipino kali i was able to overcome that fear of knife so far right right, right. but what that did that had a negative impact on me because kali is all about killing you have to be really aggressive you don't have to like it's all like cobra kai mindset no, right no mercy in it yes yes so it because it's like... a military yeah, exactly yeah. it's a military oriented system so their mindset has to be like that because they are military they are combating in the military against i think military. krav maga also faces similar sort of issues right like it's some people don't want to do krav maga right. for that reason that it's a lot of you know you you can't do actual real sparring and yes. uh, what it it will involve is poking somebody in the eye or hitting them in you know soft points in the throat and the body and stuff yes yes so, so filipino kali is very similar to that but a little bit more uh, more uh, wider you can say gives yeah. you more option have more techniques all together right. and jeet jeet kundo actually teaches you that how you can learn how to fight in all the ranges of combat that's pretty much it that's the basic idea now jeet kundo is a very it's the i think is the most confused art around the world that what jeet kundo is Uh, when Bruce Lee was creating his own fighting system, he was actually trying to learn different martial arts, and he was trying to explore himself right. and his limitations and his uh, weaknesses and strengths. Uh, so from there, now we had two branches within Jeet Kune Do. One is Jeet Kune Do original group, and they exactly copy what Bruce Lee was doing before he passed away. And then we have a JKD Concepts group, which is Guru Dan in the center. And these guys took the basic idea from Bruce Lee, and they started learning different martial arts. and they actually they almost you can say they were doing mixed martial arts at that time they right. were learning all the arts they were mixing them but for street not for right, sport right right they were doing it for street so mm. 
that's what Jeet Kune Do is. And that's how actually I got interested in Jiu-Jitsu as well. Because of the German guy who I sparred with and because I got introduced to Jeet Kune Do and this idea that you must know how to fight if you fall down on the ground. Everywhere, yeah. Yes, so it's about being more complete and learning, knowing how to fight. Even if you're not a professional in each art, so when a lot of students come to me and they say, okay, if you learn Jeet Kune Do, can we go and compete in UFC? Uh, yes, you can, but the idea is that you have to go to a boxing academy and learn boxing professionally. You have to go do your Muay Thai. Yeah, man, you have to. All the, you know, you, you got to go through all the rings of fire. To get right, right, right. You have to go to Akhara or a wrestling academy and do proper wrestling there. I can just give you the idea of training in all ranges and some basics of each art, almost like a starter pack. But sure. then after that, you can pick what suits yourself better how you want to create your own fighting system according to your height, weight, limitations or your goal. And then from there you can pick pick up and choose a good wrestling teacher, choose a good boxer, choose a good jiu-jitsu teacher. I can help you out with jiu-jitsu because that's what I'm, I specialize in within mm-hmm. Jeet Kune Do and mm-hmm. Filipino Kali. So these are the two arts within Jeet Kune Do which I'm specialized in. So I can help you out with weapons and I can help you out with jiu-jitsu. But anything right. else, I can barely give you the basic idea. I can do some sparring with you, some basic boxing, some basic wrestling, um, some basic Muay Thai. Because during the right, training, right, like I you can you time. can only get good at so many things in certain amount of time. Like even the exactly. best MMA fighters, uh, if you look at it, like I keep bringing this example up, is GSP, not right. the greatest at anything, but the best at putting all of it together. So Definitely. you you have to have the ability and the you know basics of all of them down and the advanced yes. stuff of some of them down, and yes. then learn how to meld it all. That's I, I guess yes. that's also um, Jeet Kundo, right? Like that that yes. is kind yes. of the philosophy Pre- of Jeet Kundo. Precisely well. said, precisely said. And in Bruce Lee's book, he had a saying that if whenever you have fifty dollars, go to a wrestler and ask him to spar with you. Go to a boxer, pay him, ask him to spar with you. So the idea is not actually to learn the techniques, but the idea is to get used to that pressure. The pressure which a boxer will so throw on you. You can right? build your own response however you want, but exactly, uh, exactly. at least be put under that pressure. Yes, so you, you know, technically you don't have to learn all the arts, but you have to learn how to deal with different opponents who are very good with different arts. So that's what the focus UFC one. <laughs> exactly, UFC one. So learn how to deal with these guys and be very good with any one aspect of martial arts, any one style, and then you'll be you'll be good to go. But if you have never punched on the face, if you have never kicked, so even I as a black belt, if I, uh, the reason I do basics of Muay Thai and basics of boxing or basics of wrestling is to get used to that when someone will come to me in a real street fight, if the guy is a wrestler, if the guy is a boxer, so I am, I am able to apply my jiu-jitsu skills on that person. It's not yeah. a sports style of environment in which you can go without learning boxing or Muay Thai. So uh, I, I know there's basics. no clapping hands, bumping fists here. Right, 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 right. right. So that's what actually uh, pushed me into learning the basics of Muay Thai and boxing. Uh, not certified in it, but can help people to just ori- orient them into the art, teach them the basics, and after that they can start looking for a teacher. Which we believe in Jeet Kune Do a lot and in MMA as well. That if you want, you should have multiple instructors. When I was in China learning Wing Chun, we had this very rigid mindset that if you are learning under one instructor. You are not allowed yeah. to go even to visit a different academy because mm. my Wing Chun instructor in China, he is a gang, he is a gang like official. So the guy who, when the first time I went there, there was a guy in a red Mazara and this guy had all tattoos and piercings and this guy actually came to like collect me from the metro station and I was like, who, who are you? <laughs> He's saying, no, no, I am your second instructor under Sifu. 
so then when they took me there so they introduced that yeah we, they had a gang and all that so it's oh, pretty sh- pretty serious shit, man. Shady, it's like man. yeah yeah <laughs> so this it's very serious to them it's like part of their culture that yeah, you yeah. should not visit a different academy and uh, it's very strict like you see in the movies so i i always used to think that it's just movies and all that now it should not be like that but uh, i was in foshan the birthplace of ipman Bruce Lee's yeah. instructor of Wing Chun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these things are for real. So, but I think for uh, the development of Jiu-Jitsu and for the development of Jeet Kune Do or mixed martial arts, you should allow your students to visit different academies, learn from different instructors. Um, so that's what I believe in exploring. So, when did your affiliation with uh, Professor Teixeira begin? Right. And how so, did that come about? Yes. So I was trying to again. I was trying to learn Jiu-Jitsu from books and videos. and a few gracie brothers helped me at that time through just emails or through books and professor roy dean who was a great help so i received this email from uh, i used to always pray that i one day i should have an instructor in jiu-jitsu because i was already falling in love with the art especially mm. because of the reason that it gives me the opportunity to not hurt someone right. um it gives me the opportunity get to get out control. safely and uh... yes yes gives me more option pretty much Basically. because jgd and kali gives you very good options but the most are offensive yeah. but jujitsu gives you the other side the almost the other side of the coin is jujitsu that you don't have to fight someone you can control someone so i received an email from professor hodrigo it was i think 2010 at that time i received an email from him hmm. uh, that he is on a world tour and he wants to come to india and help me out maybe hmm. someone told him maybe someone from gracies or, or the roydi or someone within his friend because he Uh, he used to learn from Hickson, and he's a training partner for Shanji Hibero and Cole Gracie, so multiple-time world champion. Or so, he, I, I'll tell you more about him in a while. But that's how I received his email, and at that time, he didn't introduce himself as a black belt, or so I was like, maybe it's a blue belt or just someone who is planning to visit. So I said, yeah, bro, come over, uh, <laughs> come over. I can teach you some Kali. I am doing Kali nowadays. I can teach you some Kali. You can please help me out with some Jiu-Jitsu. um so he was like yeah definitely so just let me know when and how and where so that's how it happened and then when hodrigo first came in i still remember going to airport to receive him and this guy with like shorts brazilian pretty much like sandals tattoos and very chill guy come walking mm. over and i was like okay uh and then when the first time he was wearing his gi and his black belt that's when i saw he's a black belt <laughs> funny enough <laughs> funny enough i was not aware about the ranking system in jiu-jitsu at that time Right. So I was just oriented towards learning the art. So you so were I, a you were a white belt then? White belt man, it's like man, that's crazy. yeah. I got promoted from Rodrigo all the way from blue to black. All the belts came under him. So he actually gave me my first gi for right. first uh, for first few weeks when I was training with him. It was all no gi. Hmm. Uh, and then he later uh, later down the line he introduced me to the gi jiu-jitsu hmm. that uh, and taught me the culture of jiu-jitsu that why we wear a gi in Brazil and what the culture hmm. behind hmm. it is. Hmm. um uh, so it's a cultural aspect of, of jiu jitsu as well wearing a gi and yeah. it's more respectful and yeah. then he to- and then he taught me about the different belts there are in jiu jitsu and these right. belts actually uh, differentiate the level of experience someone has on the mat nothing other than that but just that this guy is more experienced than me and there is something i can learn from uh, so he gave me my first gi which was elvino and preto i still have that with me black color gi and uh, no belt so i was not wearing a belt so no white belt so i was just wearing my gi flying around here and there and that's how i actually got introduced to the uh, the physical side of like you can say that was the first time i actually felt what jiu jitsu is because that was the first time i trained with someone who is really 
second or third degree black belt proficient like super proficient yeah very proficient like at that time i think he was competing he had matches against marcelo garcia demon maya and all these guys yeah yeah uh, dean lister so top of the line so and then i was man i was trying really hard to fight him and nothing works and he's smiling almost like talking on phone on one with one hand beating me with the other one <laughs> so that's where i actually realized that you can be really good at something and you don't have to fight anyone you can smile and just control people and pretty much like control them until they get their aggression is calmed down so he actually introduced me to the how to say it's uh, the real side of jiu-jitsu pretty much not the side yeah. in which you're focusing on submissions or you're focusing on beating someone or winning points but the side of jiu-jitsu in which you're trying to improve yourself through training mm-hmm. and understand mm-hmm. the culture of the art understanding the history and mm-hmm. man uh, i still remember that guy so humble that when we did our first seminar he took all the money and he gave that money to my mom so what? so rodrigo is different man is difficult That's to explain cool, in man. words and till date he has not charged me even a single penny to train and mm-hmm. we are like family when he whenever he comes here he stays at my house cooks it's like it's more than brothers man it's difficult to explain the feeling i have for that person uh, almost like a elder brother or a father figure he's 40 around 40 he will be really pissed off when he'll know that i'm calling him almost like a father figure i will tell you as old man yeah exactly man gave me a black belt how you made me <laughs> really man it's difficult to explain in word what that person did to me and actually that was the person who was able to truly help me out with the psychological aspect of martial arts mm-hmm. uh, before that i was all, always looking for these people who are wearing robes looking like monks or really professional people who look very that they can teach you meditation and stuff like that this is one so, of those from day one you realize that uh, you know this is what the path looks like that you just got to keep man. keep keep going and then through yes. your different belt levels like absolutely, it was just absolutely. like keep going was the philosophy i must absolutely mohit like i it, see uh, one more thing which mohit uh, because before i found hodrigo i went through many different instructors in martial arts i don't want to name all of them but i went to many of them and most of them were a disappointed a disappointment to me because either they were not able to help me out or they were full of ego or they were trying to prove a point by hurting the students so that was a common thing which i realized when i was traveling to different classic experiences. examples of uh, yeah man like putting me on a lock and not letting go yeah 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 kids are tapping and all that and they are trying to prove that they, but they are never sparring with anyone but through showing techniques and just hurting the students they're trying to prove that they are very good or stuff like that and misusing mm. the students trying to like create quarrels between the students a lot of like bad attitude overall in the academy bad vibe so i had that kind of experience so i almost stopped trusting people at before just i met hodrigo mm. i was I, I i i almost wanted to quit martial arts because i was not able to find any good instructor um, now no disrespect to anyone but what i was looking Uh, to get from martial arts, I was not I was not able to get it from different instructors who I met. So okay. they were very good skill wise, but they were not able to help me. And the attitude because I used to watch Shaolin movies and I used to see oh in Shaolin. At once I I was I I shaved my head and I was all like the Shaolin ceremony meditation <laughs> and all that. Truly, man, I can share the pictures, but it's like you know, funny. Th- there's a lot going on, uh, you know, in somebody who. Wa- like as a young person who watch consumes a lot of media for example right right you see a lot of shit and you think that this must that be real this real. must be real this must be real like you can literally now not discern what is real and what is not real right yes mohit um, yes. and i have that perception that these guys who are wearing monks robes and all that they will be really good with philosophy they will be really good with meditation and all that like they show in movies 
but whenever i went there this when they were wearing the robes they were acting in a way the moment the robes were gone uh, they were regular people with all their issues and troubles and yeah, uh, not that, not even able to pretty common. solve yeah not even able to solve their own problems forget about helping the students all together so yeah that's how that's why i got disappointed not because these people were not good or these people were uh, so is that why you decided to open you know bj india or your own martial arts dojo where yes. uh, you're like man I, i i've seen the crap out there i want to set uh, myself apart and this apart you know from that do you love fine craftsmanship beautiful designs and stunning leather products well look no further Tiger Marone is an ode to contemporary global design fused perfectly with the finesse of expert artisanship. Tiger Marone is a made in India global brand with products that are handcrafted to glorious perfection. They've got laptop bags, backpacks, belts, tote bags, clutches, wallets, card holders, passport holders, laptop sleeves, notebooks, keychains, mobile covers and everything in between for both men and women. In fact I'm using one of their wallets right now. So use the promo code LEV20 and get 20% off your order. That's L E V 20. That's www.tigermarron.com. Uh yes Mohit I'm back. Sorry. Network Discord Discord. Yeah what were you asking please? I was saying uh, so you saw a lot of the bad martial arts clubs and dojos out there so that's why and when you decided to open your own I'm assuming Yes definitely uh because of that and I st- so my first academy was just me going to a park and teaching two three students that's it so that was the first academy and that's when I uh, in 2008 I created the website jujitsuindia.com mm-hmm. just because I wanted to I was a white belt still but I just wanted people I actually uh, your marketing I mean, is on point though like now every time anyone uses the hashtag bjj india like to promote jujitsu in india <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting actually, it. I I cuz I use that a lot like for all my posts right. I, I mean what am I going to do not tag bjj india like not because Absolutely. of yours but generally so I I'll tell you why Mohit the idea that bjj india is not the academy the right. name of the academy is fma functional movement academy that's where we teach martial arts bjj academy uh, bjj india almost to me it was a mindset that we should have jujitsu in india so i actually feel very good when someone tags or use the hashtag because it's not my i don't want to say it's my personal property or something like that is the overall idea behind having jujitsu in india that's it so that's, that's why cool, man. that's exactly the reason it gets used um, and i think that's a great service that you know anyone yeah. who is doing jujitsu is tagging that at least we're at one common place uh, sure no, that's nowhere else <laughs> right that was the mindset mohit behind it and not only that the mindset nowadays is that bjj india uh, is not an academy it's an organization which uh, first of all create volunteers a group of volunteers who can go in different places and spread jujitsu and it helps people to get uh, ranked or get properly certified in jujitsu if they want to open up their own academy and we are also providing consulting uh, consulting services to people who want to open their own academies or want to become a martial arts instructor because the thing is that uh, there are a lot of people who walk into the doors of martial arts academies some of them want to become competitors some of them want to become instructors some of them don't know what they do uh, what they want yeah so we as instructors or as a teachers we have to understand each and every individual and uh, and learn about themselves about them about the students that what exactly they want if someone is really for example i this is a common question which people ask me that sir i want to compete so ask them why do you want to compete mm-hmm. 
so then the next thing which they say okay i want to compete because i want to overcome my fear so i then i ask them what fear do you have exactly so then they tell me about a story from their childhood or someone who is trying to bully them at workplace or at school so i tell them okay so if you win in that competition and you beat the other guy will that actually help you to overcome fear or are there any different ways also to overcoming that fear do you want to go and talk to that person who is trying to bully you do you want to learn self defense and actually understand that how to defend yourself when this person will come back at, at you mm. so it, this is very important for each and everyone especially the instructors to understand that people will say something but technically they will need something else mm-hmm. uh, at once i had a kid who came to me and he was like i just quit my college because my dad put me in this very like good college i don't want to study i want to become a ufc champion so mm. i said why do you want to become a ufc champion just like normal chatting which yeah, we yeah. have with the students so the guy said okay i want to make my dad proud so i said okay but you left the college that in which your dad, your dad put you yeah. and you want to become a ufc champion and you want to make your dad proud so are there any different ways of making your dad proud mm. even if you don't want to do the college that's fine but talk to your dad that what he wants you to do or what exactly what will make him proud yeah. maybe you can be a part of an ngo maybe you can uh, do something else make him proud but if it's something which if the motivation is outside mm-hmm. that you don't want to become a champion you actually want to make your dad proud so i think you will not go the long way because you might train for 6 months 8 months and then as soon as you get injured now you'll not make your dad proud you'll make him angry and then at that time you might quit so and then you've lost college and you have given up on exactly. this fake exactly. ass dream you had so i think it's very important for us the instructors to actually talk to the students when they walk in the doors and to understand them better and then help them out because sometimes we tend to okay okay come join the academy and we are doing a disservice to them and you just to actually act as a negative thing for them uh, this is something which i asked rodrigo and this is something which i want to share with everyone who's listening to the uh, to to our interview or podcast I asked Rodrigo, Rodrigo, what is the philosophy of Jiu-Jitsu? So he said something very beautiful that Jiu-Jitsu has no philosophy. The philosophy is of the teacher who is teaching you. So if you go and learn Jiu-Jitsu from someone who is really into street fights and who are into bar fights in Brazil, for example, who is a street fighter and he is using Jiu-Jitsu for wrong reasons, if you are a student under him, you will not learn anything good out of Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. Right? And now on the other hand, if you go to someone who has a very nice philosophy for, uh, on his own life, and you learn jiu-jitsu from them now you learn the good side of jiu-jitsu so mm-hmm. it's almost like that jiu-jitsu doesn't carry any philosophy other than few concepts like it will work against bigger and stronger guy it based on leverage these are this is not the philosophy these are the concepts and principles of jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. but the philosophy it carries technically the philosophy is the instructor who is carrying it and that you technically you become a image of your instructor so that's what we see in martial arts also yeah, the people who end up with different style of instructor they end up becoming almost similar to the instructor uh, instructor right or they end up switching schools because their mindset <laughs> yeah. is not matching up with the instructor which i think is a great thing and this every i think student, that's fair enough um definitely yeah definitely i think every student should understand that that if their mindset is regardless of techniques because maybe the most bullshit of a person can have the most beautiful technique and the person who has the worst technique can be really the one who can help you out because he understand the philosophy much better so as a student you have to uh you have to see which mindset or where do you want to go you want to go to a competitive style of jiu-jitsu academy you want to go to a self defense style of academy you want to go to mma oriented jiu-jitsu fitness oriented yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. and and everyone is doing a good sir everyone is trying to do their best it's not that the these instructor are doing this uh because they are aware of it 
but it's just that that they grew up in a neighborhood or for example the way the style of jujitsu which i teach has to do a lot with empowering people to helping them with overcome fear because this is actually what i did through right. jujitsu right. and i understand this aspect of jujitsu much better than competing so whenever someone walks into my academy so technically i already tell them that bro if you really are hardcore in competitions you can go to this may school, not be the place for you train. yeah yeah definitely i uh, i think sato trains with you guys right sato and sato sato yeah sato trains so he trains here as well that's why i told him as well bro you competitions and all that you go to warriors school is close to gurgaon and many people because it's the same thing uh, it's not a competition between academies mm-hmm. but according to the individual he or she will better suit uh, will better suit in to one style of academy Hmm. and now i'm not saying that you guys are not teaching self defense or cross trainer is not teaching self defense we all right. are teaching same thing uh, but i think it's, it's almost the goal like setting are, is slightly different the goals right, right. that have been set are different yes and it can change also like maybe, all the time literally yeah, all the time there's disagreements and there's always like and it's a slight change you know for example if for us at least if there's a we know there's a gi competition coming up Yes, and training is happening exclusively in the gi. If we yeah, know no gi is coming, then it's happening in more in no gi and lit, lesser yes. in gi. Yes. So l- like that, there's always uh, these sort of. Now, Mohit, that's when you guys are open-minded, and you guys are not rigid, right? But in some academies, tradition, especially the traditional martial arts academy, they are very rigid with their mindset. So they don't want to adapt to the person. They say, okay, I teach this. If you want to learn this, good. If mm-hmm. not, we cannot help you. Hmm. so when you cannot help someone at least recommend them a different school which you know yeah. can help them out fair enough so that, yeah so that's i think having an open mind with jujitsu teaches us all the jujitsu instructors around india i think everyone is very open minded um, there is a healthy competition between the academies which is very good for I competitors so. i think so yeah but there is no bad feeling or like about any academy because we are really little bit there is and- like let's be very honest there's a little bit of uh, I mean, I would say it's competitive rivalry or whatever it is, but uh, I think it's healthy. It needs to be there, and like you very rightly said, that um, nobody should have to feel pressured to do jujitsu. Like that's the dumbest thing. Uh, right. That you know, somebody's on your head holding a gun to your head. That is the literal opposite thing. You should be able to go to the match, be happy, and. you know train hard and enjoy yourself at the same time it cannot they, right. they don't have to be mutually exclusive right right well said um, yeah definitely man but and i've got is, uh, sorry sorry please carry on yeah just just wanted to say that uh, you can if you really want to feel empowered there are the two best examples i can give that you can do that by competing and winning championships or you can do that by going to ngo and helping small helping kids people. and women i was going to so say both, or helping people yeah both yeah. the ways are great ways to feel empowered and feel uh, finding yourself so now it's up to you you know i love how everyone in this community nobody talks about money we are like dude <laughs> <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> that's why we all are not rich man <laughs> yeah, <bro. laughs> but yeah but you have 300 students man you are doing really well no yeah sir. technically yes technically we are not looking uh, i think the bigger picture once you get into jujitsu uh you start with thinking for yourself and then very soon this feeling transcend into helping your friends in the academy then it transcend into helping your society and that is that's the most beautiful feeling and uh i asked rodrigo once rodrigo rodrigo said you should compete i said why we said you should compete for the reason to find yourself 
not to beat other person that's literally what i was told yesterday by professor carlos almeida and yes, my actually, own carlos coach carlos is from uh, carlos is from our team only he's from gf team yeah yeah he is yeah, yeah. apple five <laughs> so, yes a, yes so carlos is a cool guy yeah he is a cool guy man um mm-hmm. so yesterday we were talking to him and uh, my thought on competing is also very like it is what it is like if you want to do it go do it but um, if my coach tells me i should compete most likely i'm going to compete right right um, especially when you have good reason behind it and the coach explains that why what exactly he wants from you yeah want- yeah so i think it's important to uh, have your convictions understand but also sometimes do things that you're not comfortable doing like that's literally the point of it like if i don't like competing competing should be on my thing to do uh, yes. just to say I, that i did it and i overcame that uh, element Absolutely. of fear Absolutely. and anxiety and the experience teaches you something important Plus, the teach uh, um, you know other people how to be in that fire. You got to go through it yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So that's the reason uh, I competed a couple of times, basic like just regular basic competition, not IBJJF. And this year I was planning to go to the Tokyo IBJJF. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, with Rodrigo, so we have everything booked and set up. But then the COVID hits. So uh, speaking great- of then, um, how much gi versus no gi do you guys do? uh in terms of uh, percentage if you had to you we, you can say mohit we do 90% gi and 10% no gi perfect and uh, but we have a way of doing no gi so in the gi classes also so anyone who comes to me and they say they want to learn mma or they want to get into no gi jiu jitsu i just tell them the... yeah yeah you stop <laughs> grabbing and let your partner grab you and when your partner is grabbing you you are actually learning more defenses because now the yeah. partner has more choking options yeah, more controlling yeah, options yeah. on you you on the other hand you don't grab so uh, you have to rely I, I, on hip movement and like actual framing as opposed to pushing pulling cloth right and in at higher levels even we are not doing that with gi so gi we are just using to mostly set up traps we are not trying to use the gi to control someone that Absolutely. much it's right. when you will see at higher levels you will not see competitors or even uh, people who are black belt or higher than that rolling they are not trying to grab the gi to control someone no. they grab the gi to just set traps or to set up submissions that's it yeah yeah so pretty much they are doing no gi jiu-jitsu only in a way that they are not relying too much on gi Uh, or vice versa so they both are very close to each other and uh, i think as academies as instructors we should not differentiate them too much also because the more we differentiate first of all the types of jiu jitsu okay i do self defense type of jiu jitsu i do mma type of jiu jitsu i do sports type of jiu jitsu now we're dis- dividing it and then now over that if we say i do gi jiu jitsu i do no gi jiu jitsu no i do mma jiu jitsu so i think the more we divide the more we actually in the end we all will be separated so it should be pre- uh, it should be presented as one and then you can train and then whatever your goal is you can uh, train as per that but yeah. it's good so that's what hickson is trying to do now that's when all the um, senior masters are trying to do to tell the world that it's all same it's not different different types of jiu-jitsu so let's not divide let's connect let's get back together it's one isn't that a little contrary to like someone like john danner who would break everything down compartmentalize based on the type of competition it is um, right right i i agree that, with him that dis- differentiation is also quite critical i would think right it is but only when you have a specific goal yeah. mohit then it is critical so for example people who train with dana 
these people are very specific that they want to learn grappling they want to compete in nogi competitions or they want to do mma so if someone comes to me with a very specific goal which i think 99.9% people will not come to you with a very specific goal yeah. rarely i have seen someone coming going to a jiu-jitsu academy especially in india because jiu-jitsu is very new here and they come to me and say i want to learn nogi style of grappling jiu-jitsu please teach me that i is, i've got a name actually somebody who's come from your academy uh yeah, yeah. piyush and uh, mohit i believe yes yes until you have a very specific goal yeah. and that's why you told them that bro this academy hmm. my academy will not be able to help you much hmm. so because they were expecting too much from me yeah. and it's a disservice for me to throw fake promises at them and then keep telling them okay come i'll teach you next week i'll teach you next week hmm. so i think it's very important for us instructors to make it very clear to the student that the type of jujitsu you want to practice and the kind of mindset you have will not right. fit in here because in for example at that time when these guys were training with us uh, in their batch we had almost everyone who was 30 plus right and doctors pilots and they hated even if their wrist bends a little bit or the finger twist a little bit yeah. and and now we have two three four people who are really competitive and they want to roll with people just to uh, develop their competitive skill while right. the other person is just there to have fun weight loss and stuff like that so that's right. where the right. mindset right. doesn't matches and that's where these uh, differences comes into play and that's when we have to tell students that this place will not going to help you much you can start looking at a different place which is i think a great service which instructors yeah, can do some people some instructors feel like you know i don't know just like hold on hold on hold on hold on too long yeah, like i'm like fucking let them go man it's not yeah no, no skin of anyone's nose if somebody wants to go train somewhere else right piyush is a great guy piyush is doing very yes. well he moved to bangalore and then actually piyush after few months he moved back he said can you take me back now i have realized the mm. the essence of jujitsu or whatever he figured out i said man cool come back no problem Hmm. i took him back but then this the same thing the mindset was not there the same thing started happening again and that's when i said bro now uh, i don't think it will work so it's hmm. pretty serious you look for some other place and go yeah i think he's finally path. now like he's got a team we've got a team of young guys all like in their 20s who are just that's it this is all they want to do is compete in yeah. jiu-jitsu and train so lot of respect for them uh, and no hard feeling um, yeah, yeah. Like, um but coming to your competitive uh, aspirations so you said you were going to go for the IBJJF tournament we have some big news in the IBJJF world um yeah. you know what i'm talking about so. i am talking about i i, I quit my nogi career i i did that no nogi now no leg locks for you safe to say no leg locks i actually i don't uh, so let let's understand what type of jiu-jitsu i do so i do very traditional style of jiu-jitsu and we practice the modern stuff as well so we do berimbilos we do 5050 we do leg locks but uh, you can say that almost it's a substitute it's a side thing for us the right. type of jiu-jitsu which we do is very because my teacher is from hickson lineage and we do very self defense street oriented style of jiu-jitsu right and we work a lot on uh, learning the found, uh, foundation of jiu-jitsu the concepts and principles which can take you all the way from white to the black belt the invisible because, jiu-jitsu right right exactly that the hip placement the minor yeah, yeah. smallest of things right so i think personally for me i have not figured out even 50% of that style of jiu-jitsu so for me now to switch to a different style of jujitsu i think i'll be old very soon if i start branching out and learning i learn i do 50 50 i do birimbolos and all that but i am not a big fan of them mm-hmm. what i am still digging into is deeper essence of jujitsu and how jujitsu can help you mentally 
the psychological effect of this. So, so I'm more into that. So uh, some of my students, they are learning from Danaher's DVDs. And uh, even when they spar with me, I have asked them, yeah, they go for the leg locks, no problem. But don't go for the leg locks on some oh, the white belt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or like a, a white belt and a blue belt there, especially the white and blue belts who, who uh, people who don't go back at home and open up Jiu-Jitsu videos. Crazy people like us, right? There are people who just come to the Jiu-Jitsu twice a week. It's and done. Ask, it's in the back of their head. Gonna go rest now. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it. So they have no idea what's going on in the Jiu-Jitsu world. Who is Marcelo Garcia? I have purple belt students and they don't know who Marcelo Garcia is, who Hojo Vesi is. That's a shame, bro. I must... It's a shame. Why? Because right. they... For yeah, man. I, I, I mean, the, the, you should know Marcelo Garcia. Like, yeah, I know man. Gracie, like. <laughs> Definitely, I tell them the same thing that you guys should study. But they say, sir, that's not. We come here to just. We're not interested in that. We're interested yeah. in what you are teaching us. Like, we don't want to do any extra work, which is also fair. And I think I lost Arun again. Uh, we yes, are back. Boy. We are back. Sorry, yep, about that. Yep, I don't yep, know yep. what's happening. Um, what were we saying? So yeah, we were saying that these people who are not into like hardcore into jiu-jitsu, they are just looking. Maybe they want to be stressed. Yeah, themselves. yeah. Maybe yeah, they want yeah. to just make friends, have and fun. Here. You know, that's how I I started. Like I was training twice a week. I would only go in for those two days. I wouldn't go in for boxing class or any other class at Warriors right. Cove, and it was more recreational than anything else at all. Yes. Um, yes. and of but course over like over you, time. You will not want someone to go for leg locks on you when you're starting jiu-jitsu because you're not sure what no, they are. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. And maybe once you get into full-time into jiu-jitsu, no, even if not full-time, but once you get more serious about jiu-jitsu, once you yeah. see videos, once you understand what the game is. Or you have been idea. taught it in class. Like if it's a right, curriculum exactly. thing and everyone has learned it and everyone has learned how to attack, how to defend, then it's part of curriculum. Then you shouldn't have exactly. objections. But again, exactly. day one, if somebody jumps on a heel hook, man, uh, man. You, you likely end up getting kicked in the face and shit like that. Absolutely, happens. man. And, and that brings me to a very important point, Mohit, that at the time when a uh, few years back, we used to only have fundamental classes, mm-hmm. right? So now when I'm teaching a fundamental class, my goal of that class and the takeaway the students take from that particular class is different. So that's why now we started adding more intermediate and advanced level classes as well. Mm. That in an intermediate or advanced level class, the guys who come there, they know what leg locks are. You can go hard with them. They come prepared with that mindset. Yeah, Yeah, they come prepared with that mindset that today I'm going and all the people who are in my class are rough and tough people. They will roll hard. They will go for competitive mindset. Now, if you are not feeling like doing that the class today, you can jump into the fundamental class, man. That's where the been learning the mechanics of this so that's where no one will you'll not get injured that often so it, it gives more <laughs> options yeah it gives you see frankly telling you if you train competition competition style so every day and you ice every part of your body yeah yes you will be in pain man it's like it, sometimes good pain sometimes bad pain Tell but you will be in pain uh, yeah man and so after dividing those classes i think things become more sorted now people have the choice and now we can tell them that yeah, advanced class is something which you can look into, but this is what to expect there. Right. So yep. depending on how you feel like and what your goal is, you can pick a class for yourself. And now it that idea of that, oh, we are not rolling too hard in this class. Oh, they are not teaching me the advanced stuff. It's not there now. Now we have a class for each individual. Got it. Got it. In fact, that was one of the things that exactly what you said, Piyush was saying. I was like, why did you, you know, what was the issue at... Because Piyush is actually one of the few people who has been to a lot of different academies and trained yes. for time. 
एक है कि यू नो यू गोडो वन अकेडमी टू डेज गेस्ट बट लाइक इफ यू train for 6 months one year at one place then another then yes. another uh, you get yes. a different sort of idea 6 6 months mail you know like what the scene is um and his his main issue was he's like the bjj india guys are super technical but i was just not given an opportunity to roll hard a lot so yes. i was like cool yes. um i know that i know that yeah. and i told him that as well, exactly same thing i told him that bro you will not get that at, at least at this moment maybe in future once we add more batches like that you will have that opportunity but at that particular moment when he was here we didn't have that kind of batches right, so now right. we have but at that time so uh, maybe you can say it's a lack from our end no or, it's a blessing uh, in disguise right like it's yeah. a blessing in disguise you got to see that okay this is something that we are missing maybe if we just add one more layer to it yes. um, it opens up a whole new demographic as well right that exactly, to the exactly. business <laughs> and one more thing you know mohit that my focus was actually more on people who are bullied or who are like yeah yeah which should be the focus so that was my focus so i was not looking at that particular time i was not looking into the competition side of this when pushing people into that uh, area uh, later on hodrigo told me that you will have some people like that also so better have a separate class for them yeah. so they are happy there and you can actually help them out because sometimes these people are the ones who need more empowering than these people because yeah someone yeah. who is really someone who is full of rage someone who is full of anger and really want to like go hard and all that so maybe they have something back of their mind which mm. is making them do this or act in this certain way so mm. that's why i kept those classes which gives me the opportunity to spend more time with these people and understand what goes back in their mind right uh, and and why are they rolling really hard what's the specific mindset they have and what they do, what do they want to achieve from that now if that's something which is positive and progressive good to go but if that's something like for example i had a guy i think 8 years back and mm-hmm. this guy was all about that i want to kill three of my friends who bullied me in school like kill them god damn so he used to go really hard with everyone he used to not train with women and kids when i asked him once like why are you not training with women and kids he said no use they have no challenge for me so i only will go with strong people i only go so then but once i started i'm guessing he quit mindset he quit or we like ask him to leave but yeah he just chucked out like what else man it's like to marega thodi yaar kya kar raha hai fuck off nahi yaar actually na dekho problem kya hai na mohit ki for me it's like this maine kai students ko aisa bola ki there are 40 students in a class right if i pay special attention to you it's a and i'm not caring about those 39s which you can hurt hmm. it's very bad like those 39 people i have to take care of them i know yeah. you can defend yourself i know you can beat pretty much everyone out there but if they are getting injured then i will not allow you in the class because you have to respect your training partners regardless of their skill set and their training goals if someone is there to just lose weight please don't smash them please don't keep your knee on their face or try to like prove a point to them let them roll let them help them out because you learn more than just by teaching yeah you know, that way you got to build your own training partners they're not mm-hmm. going to come out of you know thin air if you want to drill with someone you want to roll with someone you want to practice something you have to have enough trust yes. in the team in the people around you that you know definitely they they yeah. like yeah i want to learn from you i will train with you etc problem kya hota na mohit ki people fully rely on the instructor to help them out they 50 50 it's like 50% sahi baat hai sir i have recently only taken up student. teaching and all um so a lot of you know like thing the things that you guys ashwin uh, siddharth you would have you know as um, and even jangit would have as 
कॉमन नॉलेज और जस्ट लाइक हाथ की मैल जैसे कहते हैं ना कि मतलब यही है पढ़ी है वो इट्स बीइंग डेवलप्ड सो आई आई एम सीइंग अ लॉट ऑफ डिफरेंट थिंग्स एंड ऑब्जर्विंग डिफरेंट थिंग्स एज एन इंस्ट्रक्टर बट लॉन्ग वे टू गो इंस्ट्रक्टरशिप इंस्ट्रक्टरशिप इज ऑलमोस्ट लाइक बेल्ट सो यू माइट बी अ ब्लैक बेल्ट इन कंपटीशन बट मे बी नॉट इन टीचिंग और वाइस वर्सा या या नॉट एवरीबॉडी हैज द एबिलिटी टू टीच दैट्स फॉर श्योर right um, and especially people who are a little bit self uh, i'll not say selfish but people who are only looking for their personal growth these people it becomes really difficult for them to become teachers because what happens is when they start teaching they have to sacrifice their training sometimes because now they're spending time they're missing some competitions especially happened with rodrigo as well for a couple of years uh, when he was really te- he got into running his academies he was like i was not able to train for competitions because mm. i was teaching eight classes six classes in a day and by the time i used to go for my competition class i was really tired so that was taking a toll so on my competition more than strength and conditioning or recovery then definitely definitely right so do you now have a couple of young studs who are looking to compete or have any competitive aspirations yes yes yeah definitely uh, we have i think around 8 to 10 guys are there and we even competed i think you guys were there also in the asian um, competition which happened i think uh, Two years back, one and a half year back, the must have been. I happened. I would have been not there, but uh, the team right, must right. have gone there. Yes, um, yes. So there we went. I think fourteen of us went there, hmm. and out of fourteen, nine uh, won the gold medal. And uh, there was this team from Kazakhstan who later on he became very good friend of ours. I know and, who you're uh, talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. Which, in, which category and what like? I know. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah. technically. uh the students who went from our academy they did very well and they pretty much uh got the gold in their particular weight divisions or the right. categories right so and these guys are constantly competing adil is one of them arnab is one of them so these are and there are 8 to 10 more these guys nice. are looking into even going for ibjjf we were planning to go this year but maybe next year right, as soon right. as the covid thing settles down we no, will definitely be going because i i asked because so we started this podcast um because we decided to put on a tournament a jiu jitsu and grappling tournament hanji uh, a pro invitational tournament where the winner gets a substantial cash prize and not just here, here's a piece of plastic right. or like some cheap <laughs> cheap medal go show yeah, it to your parents yeah. Uh, yeah because there is a lot of practice and hard work and actually money goes reward bhi aana chahiye na bandon ka fir then yeah, that's how the sport grows bilkul bilkul so it's so, a great thing which you guys so we are trying to do that and this leverage radio podcast was a platform to promote the art in the country the artists being the competitors and you know everything like that so if any of your guys would be interested um we can connect sure. offline uh, maybe if they're not they don't want to do the gi pa- uh, the no gi stuff we can have a exhibition match uh, in the gi and the same for sure. you we i mean i think the whole community would like to see you put on a gi and go up against uh, ashwin or said or somebody like that who again is at yeah, um that level and Absolutely. you know i think it will be really good for the sport so it's just something that i Good wanted I, i you don't know how many people have asked me to ask you this so <laughs> i'm just tell, telling you and giving you honest uh, inputs man yeah definitely bro definitely whenever i i am uh, see there is thing that uh, i got my knee operated twice now so i have to be little careful about my knee and that's that's why i was taking that's why i was saying class. do the gi um 
no issues yes, yes. for the knee and stuff and you know it'll just yeah, be yeah definitely uh good man like forget all this even by the way my knee two surgeries both knees yeah man so mess. that's what i'm really careful about because this is what i do full time yeah. i teach jiu jitsu and uh, though i'm a computer engineer by profession so i do a lot of graphics and all that uh, but this is something but definitely man you guys can put up a competition we'll see i think at least four or five guys are there who are really eager to compete especially after lockdown they have they have to like yeah, yeah, yeah all that energy is there <laughs> so definitely man it will be a great thing and will be a, a that's awesome i event. hope you will be there not just as a fan uh, as a supporter as well um we will we'll try and get you on the card if we can get a match i think it will be the biggest uh, thing sure, man. Uh, to happen to jiu jitsu in india since adcc i suppose and you getting Absolutely, your black belt man. um that's all i have uh, how uh, how do you guys think we i can support you guys or do so or this is something uh, which i think you guys can help me out man i uh, i keep saying which i keep saying that cross training should happen so yes um maybe like once a month sunday open mat somewhere where everybody trains but i wouldn't recommend that right now because of the covid pandemic yeah, situation yeah. but yes. in the future something like that um Oh, I don't know. Do a leg lock seminar. Get Ashwin over. He's truly one of the best I've ever seen. Um, uh, in at least you know that field of grappling and leg lock stuff is just phenomenal. The, his knowledge on it. In fact, he'll be releasing Perfect, a DVD soon. Uh, you come down to do, do something in the gi for the guys. Um, you know, like sure. it's this kind of knowledge sharing yeah. that has to happen. Absolutely, man. I'm really uh, have the same mindset. and uh, i think the the way we can promote judo in india is by having again building the army man and uh, some people will go compete some people will become instructors some people will go in ngos some people will be able to improve in their personal life through judo so that's what judo teaches us adaptability so i think uh, yeah. that's the main thing man awesome arun thank you so much for doing this man is a real You're pleasure talking to you man Absolutely, man. Thanks for inviting, and uh, best wishes for the future endeavors and the competition which you guys are planning. I Thank you, sir. We will you. we will touch Stay base safe, offline. Bilkul. 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 Bilk